This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Good morning, Derek. Good morning. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for delivering the keynote this morning at the Northeast Cannabis Business Summit. How do you feel about it? It was really great to see uh, this industry and all the people that are involved in it and uh, the journey they're on, uh, which has been a long, long journey. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about ways to infuse diversity and equity throughout our industry, which is very important to people that understand the history of the cannabis movement Correct. and industry. There are many people that have been impacted by the failed war on drugs. Yes. And now, especially in states like Massachusetts, where there's licenses, yeah. they are carving out ways to... Uh, to positively impact those who were the most negatively impacted by yeah. the by the movement. What are your thoughts around that? I think you know it, it's unfair. It's unfortunate that uh, we, it takes us a long time to come to truth, and when we do come to truth, that we are sometimes not ready for the truth. I think that the cannabis industry is ready for the truth and is ready to understand what the truth means for those who have been very impacted over the years. But what needs to be done now is to really make the truth cover everybody and be just with everything that we need to talk about. So the, 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 the legality and the punishment that is put around the legality of the, the, the product is what, one of the truths that we need to talk about. <laughs> and I think that the more inclusive we have the truth cover everybody, the more we'll hear these great stories of survival, 
of, of uh, people picking themselves up and doing great work. And therefore, I think that this is a very, very, very important time in the cannabis industry, not just because of the laws, but also in bringing along society to understand the value of the plant. It's not just a drug for recreation. It can also be a medicinal approach to our lives. So by criminalizing everything around it, we've lost so much time in doing some healing work for people who needed it for medicinal reasons or for other reasons. So I think that at some point, those are some of the truths that we will need to cover the work that we are trying to do here. I couldn't agree more, and, and you say it so much more eloquently than I, than I could also. Thank you. Um, so we can start by carving out percentages of licenses for people from communities that have been most impacted, people yeah. of color. We can also expunge records. Yeah. What other ideas come to mind about how we can rebalance the scales and right the wrongs? I think part of it has to look at recorded history so we don't repeat it. Most people are not aware how insidious the laws were and who actually was behind those bad laws that have really criminalized not just families or people, but criminalized the whole society, as we call it. Right. So I think that we need to go back and have some historians look at the history of this industry and how it has been unjust. Because if we understand that history, then it will be easy to carve out laws that are productive. Because if you don't understand the history, you're going to come up with laws that have to be undone eventually. So I think the education of the community around this industry that has always had these assumptions around the industry is going to be very key. So that's one area. The second area is that we need to really talk about the value proposition here. Uh, it's not just that we're here to sell drugs and just make money and that's... Oh, the, no. No, this is there's not the... There's so much more to no, our industry than there's that. there's so much more to this industry. But the community doesn't know that there's so much to this industry. You know, they just th see it as one myopic thing, drug use. So I think that in doing that work, we will be able to bring people along, set along, to understand and be well-educated even how to use the product itself. So those are the two areas I really think are important for end users, but also for people who are not users, for them to understand what we're dealing with here. It's incredible, the stigmas and yeah. uh, the misinformation yes. from 50, 60 years ago yes. is still prevalent. There are still, my parents' generation, yeah. they, they don't understand. Yeah. 100% yet. I mean, they thankfully they support me and support yeah. what I do, yeah. but you know, they are still unraveling yeah. what they know to be true because that's just what the truth was from from the Nixon era, from yeah. the Reagan era, yeah. the war on drugs, but the truth yeah. from that era. There are people that were working in that administration yeah. that have now come out and said, "Well, Actually, we kind of made up those laws yeah. so we could target people. Exactly. And it, there's actually nothing dangerous about cannabis, yeah. but there's still people to this day that don't understand that the government lied to us. You know, and, and it's, uh, th th this is why, because of that kind of behavior, that's why we have abused opioids, for example. We have, our culture of abuse 
is based on not understanding what we're dealing with because people hide information from people. So why is that a big deal? Because then it's easy for people to be addicted to these opioids and other things because you don't give them information about the drugs. If you tell kids, hey look, if you misuse this particular product, it would be like you misusing food. It could go very badly. It could go very badly. Yes. So cannabis is not alone in this culture of abuse. We need to really talk about this culture of abuse for food, for drugs, for drinking, for alcohol. It's all of it's prevalent. So by isolating one particular product, which is a cannabis, and criminalizing it, and making it the worst thing that ever happened to this country, when we have worse things that actually happen, you are actually taking away and demeaning what would have been a really wonderful conversation around legalization, around bringing people of color into the community and having a conversation with them versus criminalizing them and putting them in jail and then shutting them up. That doesn't solve, it does not solve them. So where are we on the war on drugs? We've lost from the day we began because we have not done the good work of educating people and being honest about what this drug means to all of us. 100%. So I, I think a lot of people in our industry are trying to make up for lost time. Mm -hmm. We're trying to take advantage of the fact that we have momentum right now. Correct. And we are trying to integrate our values of righting the wrongs, yeah. um, shining light on the truth and, and the falsehoods and cleaning those up and trying to do this right, you know, trying to make this an industry that other industries will look at and, and say, emulate. wow, yeah, yeah, they're doing something right. And we're we, we going to need leaders. I, I remember Barack Obama, President Barack Obama commuting sentences that were punitive, so punitive that didn't match the crime. I think that if we have leaders like him and others that can step up and speak up and actually help the industry revise some of its rules, then we will see this justice and this equitability start to take root. And once justice takes root, then people will be much more respectful of each other and much more inclusive of each other. So guess what? We're all human beings. We all make mistakes. It's time to make those rights come to fruition. And it's time right now. Now is the time. We need to have passion around it. Totally agree. So we selected you to be our keynote speaker here. You, you talked a lot about diversity and inclusion. social equity and inclusion in business. Mm -hmm. What kind of work have you been doing uh, outside of the cannabis industry yeah. that, that emulates these values? So uh, for those people who know me, uh, I've been in the human rights space for a long time. I used to work for Amnesty International and my job there was to help protect prisoners, political prisoner rights. And uh, lots of people don't know, but a lot of people get jailed for political views. And so cannabis, cannabis can be a political view. And you can be jailed for having a political view around cannabis in some countries around the world. That's scary. So I think that my work and reason why I came here is to lend this voice of human rights space to say that when you abuse people for no good reason and you put punitive uh, uh, punishment around things that are so innocuous, like cannabis, you can actually create a social justice system that is very unbalanced. So in coming here, I was coming here to tell everybody that by us borrowing from other civil rights movements, 
we can learn something from them and we can turn our work of legalizing cannabis very easy. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are blueprints on how to actually fight back, how to make things right, how to speak truth to power that you can borrow from the civil rights movement, from the human rights movement. And so that's what I brought today, is that I fought back as a Ugandan against war. You can fight back as an American, as a Yugoslav, as a, as a, as a, as a Russian, against this unfairness in the cannabis industry. So that's what I wanted to say. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot that you can learn from other movements. You just have to be a little brave, huh? Yes. Brave... Without being brave, you can't do anything. Yeah? yeah you, you have to have sacrifices. And I think you guys have sacrificed a lot to get this industry to where it is right now. Thank you for sharing all that. Um, final thoughts. Any, any advice you have for the industry as a whole or maybe just one business owner that wants to integrate um, more inclusion in what they're doing? I think that um, this industry has a lot of opportunity and potential. And that is going to be, as I mentioned in the, in the, in the main session, uh, around understanding the value of this product more and helping educate people more on the products out there and what you guys are creating. Because the more society understands what the products are and what they do, the more they will be able to use the product responsibly. And I think that that will come about by building a storyline that people can actually listen to and say, wow, I like that story. People took to use soap, which is what I did, yeah, from hotels by me telling a great story. Why is soap important? Why is it valuable? Even though it's used, I cleaned it up and I educated people that it's clean, it's very good. I used it myself. So in the same way, I think that the cannabis industry it's time for them to come up with a great story that explains what this industry is all about. It's time for them to get good champions, people who can speak for the story and who are respected as uh, peer leaders in, in society. And then lastly, bringing those people to speak from diverse groups, not just a monolithic group, but from diverse groups. But lastly, it's time for people to empower minorities to be part of the business. We need loans to build our businesses. We need uh, advice on how to build a business, business acumen. So that work needs to be done by the association. Teaching minority groups how to actually be involved in the business will be good because they are a big market. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, Derek Kayango, thank you so very much for joining us at the conference. Yes. Um, it's, it's, it's really valuable to hear your voice and your experiences, and I know a lot of people were very inspired. So uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.